I'm your host, Rena Friedman-Watts, and this is the Better Call Daddy Show. Hey, this is Big Daddy, Wayne Friedman. That's my grandpa. Grandpa, you ready for more daddy drama? My dad is my number one hero and number one fan. And I'm a pretty cool dude. All right, season four, baby, here we go. More stories you're not going to believe. And maybe you will after you listen. Five stars. Five and a half stars, two thumbs up. You are a pretty cool dude. Love you, mommy. Don't stand on the table and damn the public. You'll get some words of wisdom to live by. Here we go again. Better call daddy. You know what your problem is? You like me. Yeah, I do. Each week, I interview a guest, share the stories with my dad, and then he weighs in at the end of every episode with his wisdom and wit. Hey, Grandpa. Everyone from influential players to inspirational fathers and, of course, controversial people. Grandpa, my mom is calling. Creating that legacy one call at a time. And welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show. Stay tuned. Where's the music? Better call daddy cause he knows your best. Better call daddy cause he's bringing the test. He sees possibilities. Possibilities. Better call daddy, he'll be by your side. Better call daddy, you're the apple of his eye. He sees. I'm really excited for today's special guest, Lance Shuttler. He has tied freedom of the mind to freedom of the body. It is his mission to help people through natural remedies that he's developed. He is the CEO and owner of Ascent Nutrition. Lance Shuttler, welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show. This morning, I was having a conversation with this guy, Ezra Max, and he was talking to me about the subject matter of love. And immediately when I hear the word love, I think about my grandma. I feel like from the moment I walk in the door, my grandma is excited to see me and tells me, how long are you here? I love being with you. I feel that love. And that has made a tremendous influence in my life. And I want to give that kind of love to my children. In fact, I bring my children around my grandmother so that they can witness that kind of love. Family members have that ability in our lives to do that for us. But not everybody does it in the same way. And her love is so special. And so when you told me that your dad has changed the course of your life, I want to know how. Awesome. Well, I love the story that you shared, Rena. That's beautiful. And, you know, I think that every person on this planet, we deserve that, you know, whether it's just one family member, ideally it's everyone, you know, like that's what we all want, I think deep down. But, you know, even just people experiencing that and you sharing that gives hope for people who maybe don't have that at the moment. And, you know, I can definitely and truly say that I've been blessed in my life with great family and and great friends and supportive people around me. Of course, I've been through my own challenges with people in different ways. But, you know, with my father specifically, he really set a great foundation for myself as well as for my brother and my mother as well. So he really taught my brother and I how to treat people. We could tell how he would treat people. He would give respect and he would get respect. And he was kind. He was fun. He was a man. He knew how to have the masculine properties, but also, you know, taking care of us as young boys and, you know, as we grew up to be men. But, you know, those were some of the things that really stood out for me. And kind of fast forwarding through the years, what ended up happening was that he had been through bouts of depression on and off throughout his life, but it wasn't anything really severe to where he would need to go to the doctor or even wanted to go. And so one year in particular, 2007 and going into 2008, he was really feeling it. And so, you know, he went and spoke with his doctor and he was put on some different medications and he got better for a little bit. And then like a lot of antidepressants, people will swing back down and then maybe they'll try another one and swing back up and then swing back down. And that's sort of what happened with him. And so it took about four or five months. And, you know, we all knew that he was taking them. So it wasn't a shock to us or anything like that. We knew he was taking them, but we could tell towards March and then going into April, something had really shifted in his mind and that he was not there. We could speak with him and he was speaking with us, but there was something different. There was a coldness that was uncanny. And we all sense it and see it. And we even spoke with him about it. But he said, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then one April day out of nowhere, he ended up taking his life. And this was obviously a huge shock to all of us. And then obviously in some ways not, but it still was because 
he wasn't talking about anything like that, but he just knew that those drugs weren't for him. And he did voice that at the end. And so it was really just a huge turning point for myself, my brother, my mom, our whole family. But where it kind of leads to for this conversation is that it set the stage for me, Rena, to be able to start digging down deep, not only in myself and, you know, asking myself the hard questions and, you know, what's my purpose and what's all this about? Because I was 19 at the time. And so even though I was a young man, I was still quite young and not fully developed, you know, man, I would say my brother, a couple of years younger, but that set the stage for us. And it forced me to really start looking into the medical system, the healthcare system, and just sort of these questions that I had brought up, like what's the higher purpose of life? What is health and happiness about? What is any of this about if we're just doing this? And at the end of the day, when a drug that's supposed to help us ends up doing the worst thing possible. So it brought up a lot of things, obviously, but it set the course for me to learn all this and be able to first help myself and then be able to help others and share this knowledge knowledge and information so that people don't have to suffer and go through those same sort of experiences. That's amazing that you want to do that out of what happened. I am so sorry. I honestly cannot imagine being 19. That is a lot. Yeah. Thank you, Rena. It was definitely challenging. And I can honestly say, I think I probably had the easiest out of everyone because my brother and mom saw him that day earlier that morning. I was in college, a freshman in college. So I was away. I had seen him three or four days prior, but you know, they saw him that morning and they had a completely different experience with it. So, you know, challenging for me, but I can only imagine what they've gone through. And we, of course, we've talked about all of that and we've done so much healing around it. And there's so many good things that have spawned off of this. You know, we're all at peace. We know his soul is at peace and we know that he is fine and that, you know, it's just a part of this experience of being a human. How do you heal from something like that? Uh, it's a great question. I think obviously it's very individualistic for me. The route that I took, it sort of came on me, you know, because I wasn't even after that happened, I didn't just start diving down and learning about all the things that's going on, you know, in the medical system, but I was studying health science in school. And so I had a good foundation, but it sort of led me to a path of just questioning what was being put out there information wise. And by me questioning, I started going down more paths and found that, okay, not all these things add up. And it's there's definitely a lot of blatant corruption and we know all about that. But there's also this human element where people have just been trained to do and say certain things in this system that they're just a cog in the wheel in the system. And so there's a good you know, balance of understanding the, the blatant corruption and then understanding people are just trying to do their best. But where that led for my healing was that, okay, I need to discern for myself what the truth is. And I need to start really understanding how does nutrition, lifestyle, mindset, light, and just all sorts of different environmental factors contribute to the health and happiness of, of a person. And, and specifically, what do relationships and the social environment, how does that play an impact in someone's mood and happiness and outlook? And of course, you know, like I'd mentioned earlier, light, you know, because we grew up there in Iowa and a lot of people know this in the northern states of the U.S., most states in the U.S., when the fall and winter come, it's depressing, dark, cold, and lonely. And like in the Midwest and Iowa, it's that exactly. So that absolutely plays a role. And that's, you know, for me, part of the reason I moved to Florida so I could get in the sun and have the sunshine because I knew that maybe I would be more susceptible to those sad feelings if I continued to live my life in that sort of environment. <laughs> That's part of why I feel like we moved from Chicago to Texas. Also, I mean, how many months of snow and cold and gloom can you see? It definitely affects my mood. Absolutely. And it's a whole nother topic, but <laughs> it's clear that in the past several years, at least in Iowa, the winters have come on more intense. The winters stay longer. And I think they're starting a little bit later, but the seasons are changing. And it's sort of like it's staying colder and darker longer is what I'm ultimately trying to say. So living in an environment is sort of like over the years, it's become more intense and more prone to be susceptible to a lack of light because it just simply is that it's like the seasons are changing in different ways. Have you found yourself sad or susceptible to things that your dad was susceptible to? You know, it's a good question. When we were growing up, like we were close with my father. And, you know, I can also say that we had many heart to hearts and good conversations, but there was also 
Like we didn't have that in a lot of different ways. And so like me understanding what made him sad, I don't really know what made him sad. So I can say for me personally, though, you know, the light definitely does affect my mood. And I think just the general day-to-day things, business, life, relationships, you know, things like that, those certainly play their roles. But exactly how it relates to him, I honestly don't know. How do you find balance in your life? So I find balance by exercising, getting outside and being in the sun, swimming when I can, and really just sort of taking work off and being with friends or family and really just trying to unload my mind from the things that I'm working on with work and things like that. So it's more of like, you know, a lifestyle of me kind of building this in to make sure that I'm not burning out or becoming susceptible to these feelings of sadness. That's smart. Yeah. What are you working on with work? Yeah. So the company that I own is called Ascent Nutrition. And this was really spawned because of this, you know, with my father, you know, like we had been talking about, I started studying nutrition and health and wellness and started learning a lot of different modalities and different practices and really taking the best of that and creating a company around nutrition and supplements that are of course for the whole body, but it's really more of a focus on the brain and the mind. And so what I have had a passion in is something called neurogenesis and neuroplasticity. And I know people have heard those words. The short of it is that the brain is malleable and we can change the brain. You know, it's not that the neurons that we are born with and developed as we are adolescents and reach adulthood, we're not just stuck with those and they just drop off from there. We can actively grow new neurons, repair damaged neurons and create new neural pathways that actually create new experiences and outlooks and memories for us. So that's been a focus and a passion of mine because that directly ties in with depression. There's actually a a theory around this called the neurogenic theory for depression. And the premise of this is that part of why people get depressed is that there's a lack of neurogenesis and uh, neuroplasticity happening in the brain, meaning we need new experiences. We need different nutrients in the diet. We need optimal lighting. We need good social interactions. We need to feel love and give love. We need to feel like we're contributing to a greater purpose. And of course, exercise and just all the different environmental factors, sauna, light therapy, all these different things contribute to it. And so finding a good mix of those different practices and modalities and nutrients that we can blend into one's life and really sort of taking it from there and offering people solutions that are outside of the conventional mainstream drugs that are available right now. So what we're doing is really just trying to look at it from a whole and understand that yes, pharmaceuticals in certain instances, in certain times for certain people can be beneficial. You know, we don't throw them all out. We know that there's a certain role for them, but we respect that nature knows best in that our biology has been hardwired to benefit from these practices, from these nutrients that are already readily available. And we don't need to have something man-made to really modulate neurotransmitters and our physiology in some pretty powerful ways that can ultimately lead to people you know, doing what my father did, which is taking their life and doing the opposite of what those drugs are supposed to do. So we want to offer nature solutions and offer clean versions of them so that people know that, you know, it's not just something that is sort of like, okay, but we want to offer the best of the best to ensure that people have the cleanest stuff and that they're first doing no harm. You know, we don't want to add toxins into these. We're going to have them as clean as possible. And that's what we do. That's part of the mission with this. And then that ensures that people are putting in the purest, cleanest nutrients for themselves. So that they're giving themselves the best chance to actually feel the effects and be happier, healthier, whatever they're trying to address. Do you think that your dad was given the wrong thing? I think he was given, you could call it wrong. You could also call it missed dosages or inappropriately assessed dosages, I guess you could say. Inappropriate timing on switching different drugs. I think that's some of the things that we've looked at. So yes, in general, but you know, we don't blame any one person or anything. It was ultimately his choice at the end of the day, but we know that those psychotropic drugs absolutely massively influenced his perception of himself and those around him and what reality was about. Because he was even prior to that, asking very strange questions and doing different things that It wasn't that it was like huge red flags, but they were just enough to where we noticed it at the time and we talked about it. But then looking back after the fact, we knew, okay, that's why he did that. And that's, it was from this. I feel like it's so hard 
to get properly assessed. And like when you try a drug, how long do you try it before you know it's not for you or that you're acting different? Right. Yeah. It's a very delicate process because, you know, all of our brains, we have different experiences. And so we're going to respond to different chemicals in different ways. And like, that's honestly the best questions. Like, what am I going to feel from this? Am I going to feel anything from it? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? If it's bad, when will it be good? You know, if it's good, is it going to become bad? You know, like there's a lot of different things to think about. And I mean, they're drugs for a reason. They're super potent. They're created in a way where they're meant to have very strong effects. Talk to me about pine needles. Yeah. So a lot of people know that indigenous humans here, you know, in North America and all throughout the world have used pine needles and pine bark for tea in the past. And so what they specifically were using needles for, they might have not have said it like this, but we know now scientifically that the needles are loaded in a lot of different compounds, but specifically they would make tea out of it to help them in the cold winter months for respiratory, lung, and immune health. We know also that it's great for cardiovascular and neurological health. The reason is because of a compound called shikimic acid. So Tamiflu, the drug, the main constituent in Tamiflu is shikimic acid. And so pine needles are actually a naturally rich source of shikimic acid. And those have effects like being antiplatelet. So they help to ensure that blood clots don't form. They help to cleanse the blood. It helps the myelin sheath of the neurons, which is like the fatty substance around the neurons. And it helps the wiring, like the electrical communication, the wiring, so to speak. And the shikimic acid also is antiviral, antibacterial, and has other properties like that. And so this is why the people using it back then and also, you know, humans today can feel those effects, but that's the science behind it of actually supporting our health and the system in different ways because of shikimic acid. How did you discover shikimic acid? So a couple of years ago, when all the stuff that we've, you know, all kind of been through the past couple of years was going around, all the information, there's some scientists who wrote new updated info about pine needles. And they were talking about shikimic acid and toluene and other compounds that might be able to help detox the blood and detox heavy metals and just other general contaminants and toxins and things like that. So that's sort of where we found this information. I'd known about it previously because it's also in star anise. And that is something that I was looking at it for the reasons of, okay, how can we cleanse the blood? How can we ensure that clots aren't forming and things like that? Because we knew that there are a lot of different pollutants out there that do clot up the blood and they thicken the blood and just accumulate toxins in many different ways. And so we want to look at things that can help people for these times, but also ongoing for those reasons. I love it. Talk to me about freedom of speech. It's our right. I mean, like this is uh, clearly being attempted to be suppressed and has been suppressed in different ways. I am pro free speech, pro America, you know, pro honestly, just common sense. And I know that might trigger some people, but I don't care. We're now years into all this propaganda. I mean, we've been through it, honestly, our whole lives. They've been doing this for decades and even longer, but now it just reached this fever pitch to where it's so blatant and obvious that they're clearly trying to suppress us and lock us down and do all these different things to control humanity, but it's only woken more people up and it's only raised our voices and it's only going to continue. You know, as we're recording this right now, it, we're on the verge of, you know, possible new mandates. I know some schools have already done it for masks and lockdowns and all this, but Rena, what I think is that this is the final frontier, final battle, so to speak. And it's not going to be, you know, one day or even a few weeks, but it's, okay, are we as humanity, as a collective, are we mature enough now and ready to finally say no to all of this authoritarian, fascist, honestly, it's an insane agenda. And I think that we will, because there's so many people that are not going to comply with these masks or the lockdowns like we once were, you know, even the people on the fence back then, they aren't going to be doing it this time. There will be some, we know that, but so many people have woken up that we've gone through it. And now it's like, okay, you try doing this again? No, we're not going for it. And I think the no's are going to be so loud that they will have no choice. And a lot of the businesses, there'll be some places I'm sure will get away with it for a little while. But I think as an overall, this is our battle, our final battle in some ways. It's always ongoing, but it's a huge step. 
And it's going to be a huge test. Are we ready to say no and walk away from all of that nonsense and overthrow them? Or are we going to comply and be sheep? How can we have respect for each other? Because I don't think it's just a Republican versus Democrat thing. No, no, exactly. Exactly. You know, kind of part of this, going back a little bit, and it'll tie right back into this. One of the rabbit holes that I started learning and going down, and it was actually, you know, brought right to me. I didn't even have to search for it. I was in community college. It was a summer class online. I was just taking some credits just to keep moving through in preparation for the fall semester. And it was anatomy and physiology class, basic 15 weeks. One week was cardiovascular, neurological, so forth. Week eight, right in the middle, was called inventing the AIDS virus, question mark. And it was a week-long discussion of us breaking down a book written by Dr. Peter Duesberg, called Inventing the AIDS Virus. And he published this back, I think, in the late 80s or early 90s. The professor that we had was not pushing any agenda. He wasn't calling these people crazy or anything like this. He was just having us look at this, ask the questions. And so it opened the door for me, I'm sure for others. And I went down, I ended up reading the whole book. It's like a 500 page book, but he's calling out Fauci, Bob Gallo, AZT, all the weapons of, you know, mass destruction that they employed then and, you know, continue to do today. He was exposing that. And so it made me ask the question, all right, is this healthcare system really what I'm being taught and what I'm being told? Because in college, we're being told it's something. And like, this is the workforce we're going to go into. But the reality from this book was something way different. And so, you know, I did take the red pill, kept going down and learning a lot more and started to see, you know, what this whole agenda has been about and why they've been doing it. And so it kind of equipped me to understand that, all right, these guys are not going to play fair. They're going to tell us and tell us that this is the science, trust the science, trust the science, trust the media, but it's all just propaganda brainwashing. And so Having that knowledge helped me to work through these times that we've been in the past few years and also try to help others wake up to see that, hey, they literally want the opposite of what they're saying. They want you and I dead and they want us to suffer before getting there. Wow. That's a tough pill to swallow, right? Yes. Yes. So I realize that's very aggressive, but it's honestly, we know it's the truth. Like they've been very vocal and upfront about all this stuff. So kind of tying in, it just sort of helped me see that not everything that we're being told is the truth and that I need to discern and question and really kind of look at things a little bit closer and not just take things at face value. A hundred percent. I mean, even having a podcast and presenting both sides has made me more of a questioner too, where I'm thinking about, do I want to do this? <laughs> I'm grateful, honestly, for the questioners that have come on my show and made me question because they question because I have to admit, you know, I just probably wasn't as big of a questioner before. And I think that a lot of people are trusting to these organizations, but you got a question, especially today. Right. Right. Exactly. And like you said, the questioners are kind of banding together. I remember having Ben Rao on my show and he was like, the truth is going to come out. He was like, stay strong. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's happening. It's happening. Yeah, but it was alienating. Yeah. It was really alienating, especially it just it became so divisive. We're like, you know, it, if you didn't get vaxxed, then it, it is like my kids couldn't even have playdates with kids. Right. You know, and, and what does that do for their self-esteem? Yeah. So, yeah. And that's you know, like a perfect example of public health and what real public health should be about. You know, if we're looking at health and safety of the public, we've seen and heard all the stats around the people who took in their lives out of isolation and depression, the amount of domestic abuse that's gone up, child abuse, all the stuff. And anyone can feel it. If you sit at home for a certain amount of time and you're not, you know, truly engaged or like loving what you're doing, you're going to feel those feelings at some point and you're going to get the itchiness to get out and like interact with people. We're meant to interact. That's what the brain loves. We know this from neuroscience in so many different ways and angles that we need communication. We need, you know, enrichment in our environments in a multitude of ways. I love too what you said about doing fulfilling work. Talk to me about doing fulfilling work. So, you know, again, I think it's certainly an individual process. And I think some people may just go right into it from a young age of what they know and love. And I think that's amazing. Others don't know years later, decades later, 
myself. I've been fortunate to fall into and find a line of work that I like. I will say that it's been very challenging at many different times and not always, I mean, often I've not loved what I've been doing because it's more of the business side, but Mm. what I do love doing and what my why is and keeps me going is, hey, I know that this stuff is actually helping people and the feedback we get from people, people are getting off of medications. They're feeling happier, like truly happier and not just like, I think I feel better, but like truly significantly better. And so that keeps me, you know, when I have to do the things that I necessarily don't want to do or like to do, it keeps me going to then get back to that stage of, okay, now I'm working on something that I love doing. And this is even more fun today. That's beautiful. How did you develop a product? So after I graduated from Iowa with a degree in health science, shortly after that, I started working in the health and wellness field and working with different supplement companies and started learning that industry and just, you know, seeing different sides of it. And I've worked in different sides of that industry. And so I had a good perspective of a lot of different things, but most importantly, how to source the nutrients and how to do it in the cleanest, most ethical ways to where we can offer the best of the best. And if you can offer something that's truly pure and clean and it's different from others, then you have a unique marketing angle and a unique angle to actually, you know, not just marketing and sales, but actually talk to people about, okay, why is this different? And why can this actually help your health even more? And so sourcing has been one of the big things. The language of the industry is another. A lot of things around the FDA in certain language, you know, they don't want people to use. And also ensuring that we're speaking about these things in authentic, real ways and not overinflated, hyped up ways, because we know, you know, in the supplement industry, but really any industry where anything's being sold, it's very easy to try to spin things or, you know, frame things in a certain way where it makes it look like so amazing when in fact, like it might just be a small little thing that's different. And it's like, okay, they're just marketing this and it's not really what it's hyped up to be. And so what I've done and what we do is we do speak about things truly and authentically and we share all the amazing things with it, but we don't go over the line and we don't make promises. We don't say that this is going to do this. You're going to feel this because to me, it's one of the most like defeating things that you could say to someone if they don't feel it. Like imagine someone's on a pharmaceutical and they're praying to God that they can get off of this because they're just not having a good experience with it. And then you tell them, hey, take this. It's going to treat it and cure your depression instantly or in a few days. And it doesn't do that. That's going to make that person feel even worse in some ways. And it's just not something that we want to have anything to do with. So we're honest and direct with people and that we're confident people will feel the effects, but we don't step over that line and make guarantees and make huge, robust claims that can't be back. That makes sense. Have you tried your competitors? Yes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, this is how I got into all this because I was taking so many different products and I was able to experiment with different ones and see, okay, well, I like this, like this, but I want to make it even better. And so this is what we've done. Interesting. I mean, you don't have to like name drop the ones that you've tried, but can you talk just generally about what you've tried? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the big ones is omega-3s. Okay. Right. So we know omega-3s typically are equated with fish oil, mm -hmm. but the fish are actually the secondhand source. So the source of the omegas is algae and phytoplankton. So fish eat the algae and become the secondhand source. And then we as humans, if we consume the fish oil or the fish, we're going to get those omega-3s. Hmm. So what we do is we bypass all of that and just go straight to the source, the algae. We water extract it. It's clean. And we show our COA. We show the heavy metal testing, the microbial testing. If you go and look at other fish oil companies or even you know other algae omega-3 products, they're not as clean as we have. And this is a huge statement that I'm making, but like what we've said, we can back it all up. So we show our testing openly. If you go and ask other fish oil companies or even algae oil companies, most of them will not show you that testing because they wouldn't like the results and they couldn't beat what we have, but they also wouldn't even want to show even if they didn't know what we have. So that's like one of them as an example is, and of course, you know, along these lines of brain health and happiness, we know omega-3s are so fantastic for anything psychological going on, but also just brain health in general, happiness, depression, topics around that. And 
focus, memory, IQ. You know, the pregnant and nursing mothers especially need these omega-3s for their developing baby. And it goes on for the need for us adults even to this day. And so that's one example, lion's mane mushroom. There's different lion's mane mushroom products out there. We grow these in a unique way to ensure the compounds in there that we're testing for become the most biologically active. And we so we test higher than other companies and we have that there. And it's something that people can actually t- feel and taste the difference of it. So that's a couple of things. Another, like one of the main ones is our coffee. So we have organic mold and mycotoxin free coffee. So we know there's you know several organic coffee companies out there. We go above and beyond that and ensure that it's mold and mycotoxin free. And that gives us literally one of the cleanest coffees out there. And again, I know that's a huge statement, but what we have built this company on is whatever we're saying, we can back up. And so we show the COA on that too. All the different 12 molds and mycotoxins, we show that right there. And you can see for yourself what those are testing at. And you know the reviews speak for itself. People love the taste, like it is different. And I mean, it's coffee. It tastes just like coffee, but it's cleaner. It's more fresh and like you can feel and smell and taste the difference. Wow. That sounds amazing. I definitely want to try that. That's nuts. Anything around coconut oil or I forgot the other thing that goes along with the coconut oil, but I heard that that was supposed to improve like memory. Yeah. Not coconut oil. We don't have any like the MCT. Yeah. The MCT oil. Yeah. We don't have any MCT oil, but we are huge proponents of that, especially stacking that with let's say the algae oil that we have, the omega-3 product, that's a great combination of oils. I do that myself personally. Like I've got the MCT right over there. I can see it and I stack it with my omegas. Do you put that Uh, in your coffee? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's a supercharging brain cocktail in the best way. Nice. Nice. Wow. That's crazy. I guess I kind of want to know too, like about all this like stacking stuff. Like what is your routine with all of these things? Okay. So every day it's a little different, you know? So sometimes like, let's say for a week, I'll do everything the same. Some days I'll maybe take a day off from most things or maybe just some things or everything. It kind of depends what's going on, but just in general, what I'm taking is the algae omega product that we've got, the algae oil DHA. I take it with the coconut oil MCT with either like a coffee or a green tea that I'll make. That's sort of like the brain and, and focus one. I'll also sometimes put scoops of the mushroom powders that we've got, the lion's mane and the garicon and kind of mix that in, or I'll mix that with food or just have it straight later. The other couple that I take is a humic and fulvic acid. It's a great heavy metal detox product. It helps the gut as well. And then pine needle extract. And that's sort of like the pine needle tea that we talked about, but we made it in a little extracted form. So it's easy to take and you don't have to like make a tea out of it. And then pine pollen. So that's also in a tincture form. And that's also from pine trees, but it's more of like the yellow dust-like substance that you see, the pollen that's got 200 different nutrients in it that us humans can use. And it's nature's highest source of DHEA, which we know is a very powerful hormone that massively affects the health of the brain and especially happiness, mood, and outlook. And so you know, that kind of ties in with why we source these different things. It is about the whole body and the health of the whole body, but some of them have a specific focus on the brain in particular. And I did hear you say on another interview that you used to be like a gut health coach. Yes. So I did health coaching and out of every 10 people that would come in on average, seven to eight of them would have gut challenges that they wanted to address. And the humic and fulvic acid, again, I didn't even sell this product at the time where I was recommending other companies was humic and fulvic acid. That was the number one thing that I always suggest along with glutamine. And then it would depend maybe some fibers or whatever specific issue was going on. I would kind of address accordingly, but the humic and fulvic was always number one that humic, it feeds the good bacteria in the gut. The humic and fulvic are both detoxing. It chelates heavy metals. It can bind to lots of other different toxins, including some pesticides. And it basically can just pull out things that are not supposed to be in the body gradually and over time. I say gradually and over time, but it it does have immediate effects too. Like it'll start working right away, but it's not to say that you're going to necessarily feel it right away. But that was the number one thing that was always suggested. And so many of the people would come back in and truly tell me, hey, I'm feeling 
either a little better or a lot better. It would range and the time variance would range, but in general, people were feeling better and staying better. Where are these gut problems coming from? Is it age? Is it eating the wrong things? Is it the water we're drinking? Do you have thoughts around that? Yeah, I think the two biggest things is the food, but more specifically, it's the pesticides that are sprayed on the food and a lot of the foods being genetically modified. Mm. The lyphosate, it turns off this, what's called the shikimic acid pathway. And that's the shikimic acid that's related to these pine needles, but it turns off the seven step process and it really disrupts the gut microbiome in us humans, which then leads to gut issues and neurological issues. You know, so like a lot of kids will develop brain or neurological issues because of them being sensitive to glyphosate or GMOs in general. So it's multifaceted, definitely the GMOs and the glyphosate and the pesticides. But like you said too, the water, because all those are running off into the water, all the pharmaceuticals are getting dumped into the water, all the different neurotoxins and heavy metals that are being sprayed and just all the stuff, it accumulates in the water. And so, you know, if we're drinking tap or even bathing, like where we are absorbing it. Are you swimming in the ocean and eating all organic? As much as I can, yes. I do love swimming in the ocean and I definitely choose organic when I can. Yeah. What kind of foods are you eating? Well, fortunately, there's a Whole Foods and a Sprouts near where I live. So there is a lot of options for organic and great farmer's markets around here. So lots of like leafy greens, lots of vegetables, fruits, you know, good sources of protein kind of depends on what a person wants to do, but just making sure I've got enough protein with meals, but just a variety. Like, I think that's the best thing. So lots of different grains, the grains like quinoa, not like wheat and whole wheat. I really don't eat grains like that, but a variety of fruits and vegetables, and then just getting enough protein with those meals. I love the mushrooms, like cooking lion's mane mushroom is fantastic. Hmm. It tastes like seafood, like a lobster almost. Where do you and get it, those? You grow them. No, no, we don't grow them. We oh. just sell the Roundup powder, but I get it from the farmer's market and Whole okay. Foods have to sometimes depending where you're at, but it tastes amazing. The lion's mane, I throw in my talkie in there, lots of different things. I am curious too, like about some of your success stories that you've had. Can you talk about people that have contacted you after? Yeah. So one, and she's even written this on one of the products as a review. I think it's the algae oil, but I'm not quite sure. And she contacted us separately too. And like we asked for more information just so we could fully understand it. But she was on five different drugs from the VA hospital. It was around PTSD, stress, you know, just lots of things going on uh, with the mind and she's now off of all of them except one and that one she's going to be able to get off with or get off of she's confident very shortly we've had another lady who was addicted to hydrocodone and different opioids not fentanyl but different opioids and she weaned herself off of it but she needed something to try to replace and so she used our pine pollen tincture and she said that took away all of her withdrawals and all of her pain we believe it we know it's true like she's feeling it i mean those are some of the bigger ones we've got a lot of other people who will be on medications for different things brain wise like dementia things like this and people who are feeling significant effects or they're seeing significant effects in those they're helping with those sort of things so those are some of the big ones People with pain, that's common. They'll feel relief with that. But really just like around the mood and mindset and feeling a sharpness, those are like some of the big testimonials that we often get. Have you tried to speak to doctors and partner with them or test with them? Yes, we've got some that we work with. You know, obviously we got to find the right people who understand what we're doing and believe it and want to do that. But yeah, we do work with some that's growing and we know it's going to continue to grow. But yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And we are always seeking even more of that because we know I can say as much as I want and I can write as much as I want, but a lot of people still want to hear it from a medical doctor or someone with that title, which is completely understandable. And it just gives it more credence and, you know, a little bit more validation with that for some people. And so we're looking for that even more and we know it's coming. 
Yeah, that's really cool. I almost like want to take you to the streets. Like there's so many people that need it, like that need to come off of opioids or need to detox. It'd be interesting to do like a experiment there. Yes, yes. I'm sure they would feel it. Wow. Awesome. Well, let people know how they can find your website, connect with you, all the good stuff. Yeah, thanks, Rihanna. So my website is lanceshutler.com. I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, True Social, all of those. Ascent Nutrition is the company. Our website is goascentnutrition.com. You can also just find us by searching on Google. We're on the socials as well. And, you know, we've got a lot of cool things coming. We've got an app out for this site as well. So it makes it easy for people to order and just, you know, things like that. But a lot of cool things that we're working on and more coming. Yeah. If there's anything that you want to promote that's coming up, that is really cool about the app. How did that come up? So, you know, we just knew that that's obviously where things are going and it just makes it easier for people because, you know, I know as a customer, there's so many things that I've either wanted to buy or maybe still want to buy, but I've just sort of put it off because it's like, oh, the checkout process is just terrible. It's too long or just in general, I just don't even want to do that. I want it to be quick and fast. And so with the app, you know, you go through it once and then you can just save it in there and it's just, you know, good to go. But we've got little games and activities like we reward people, even if outside of the app, we've got this on our main site, points that we give away that turn into cash for, you know, following us on the socials, but also the reading articles and sharing our articles because we're all about the information and we want to equip people with the info so they understand and can give them the best info so that they can make a choice, whether it's with us or someone else. They just got a good amount of information to really make that choice. I love that you gamified that experience. That's really smart. Yeah. And yeah, just for sharing fun. information, they can get points. That's really smart. I love that idea. Yeah. Thank you. It's fun. And we just launched it within the past couple of weeks. So it's getting going, but it's already you know successful. And it's got a lot of things that we're doing right now to make it even more so. Very cool. Well, if there's anybody that I can introduce you to, let me know for sure. Okay. Thank you, Rena. Yeah. Anyone that comes to mind, I mean, that would be wonderful because we're absolutely trying to get this out there to people who can see what this is. And like, I really appreciate you having me on because me sharing this, we know it's going to help at least one person and probably many. And that's the intention, you know, get people not even away from or off of the pharmaceuticals. It's not about being anti that. It's more just being more proactive and sharing that there are solutions out there that really do help and really do work. Yeah. How do you know like which one to start with? Do you have anything there? It depends what the person is wanting to address. But in general, we do say the algae oil omega-3 product because every human, whether it's the baby in the womb or a 99-year-old grandfather or grandmother, we all need those omega-3s just the same. Now, obviously, you know, a child being developed and a baby born and, you know, growing definitely needs it a little more, like the priority is, is more, but it doesn't change that that baby is a human, the 99-year-old grandfather is a human. We humans need the, those omega-3s in the diet because they're an actual structural component of the neurons. So they actually make up a physical part of the neurons. And so it's not just like, you know, you're not going to die if you don't eat turmeric or like herbs, things like that. You know, we can go without that our entire life. Omega-3s, we need these either in the breast milk that the child's getting or, you know, somehow being supplemented with it in baby formula or, you know, something like that. And we as adults, either consuming fish, fish oil, algae oil, like we offer, or, you know, just different foods that have enough omega-3s in it. Do you have them in capsule form too? We don't have them in capsule. The reason is because it lowers the amount that will actually be absorbed a little mm -hmm. bit. It's not a make or break thing, but we just wanted to offer it just pure and clean and give it to people. And we also have it in a form that it includes organic cold pressed lemon peel oil. And so we've got two different variations of it, just a regular one that's great for humans, but also pets. Pets can benefit from that too. But also the lemon one, it tastes fantastic and it covers up any sort of like algae taste that is kind of present in the other one. So for humans, we suggest the lemon one. It just tastes better. For pets, you'd want to look at the other plain one. Have you given it to your pets? Yes. Yes. And we actually have people also leaving reviews on that of pets feeling less pain and seeing a difference because 
Omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. Pets need them just like us, smaller amounts, of course. But when they get it, their joints and muscles loosen up. Their eyesight can become better. Their skin and their hair coat can become better. Now, again, I'm not guaranteeing any of this. I'm not saying they're going to see or feel any of this or all of this. It can happen. We do have a lot of people who do say either one or a couple things of these things are happening. But, you know, it does help people and animals. A little for you, a little for your pet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, your pet must be treated well if he gets supplements. Yes. I don't have any pets myself, but my friends and you know some of the neighbors around me do, and they're well-fed and you know well-supplemented, and so they love it. That's awesome. Yeah. The cats will literally, like I've got one friend, if the cat sees the bottle out, the cat will go wild and do anything possible to try to get up on the counter and try to get it because it knows. Like you just want to dab it on their food, their wet food ideally. can mix it in water, but like wet food is best to just mix it in. And they got to keep your algae oil on wraps. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They'll sniff it and they'll like most of them are drawn towards it. They're like super drawn towards it. Well, because they know those chewy uh, vitamins too. You got to keep the, your kids away from those. Exactly. We need more vitamins. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy though about the cat reaction. Yeah. Yeah. That could be great for marketing. And we're in the process of doing that for some videos for cats and dogs because a lot of them really do like crave after it. I'm serious. Like you would yeah. totally go viral over that. Yeah. We're working on it. That is hysterical. I mean, I think that's your million dollar idea right there. This is just out of curiosity, but like, how have you gotten in with doctors? Like, how have you gotten your clients? It's got to be hard to bring a product to market. Yeah, it is. So the way that we started was a lot of influencer marketing and mm -hmm. just specifically on YouTube. Yeah. The video, you know, always or typically converts the best for whatever industry that's being sold. That's worked well for us. That's what we do. We also do, you know, advertising in general on Facebook and Instagram and Google and things like that. Yeah. Uh, it's conversations like this, like podcasts, interviews, YouTube promotion, Rumble promotion, things like that, that we've really leaned into. And so the doctors have sort of came just as a byproduct from that hearing about it, whether, you know, an interview of mine or just hearing about it from someone else. Yeah. So we, we're working with some cool people and, and cool doctors and practitioners. We've got a great vet that we work with and we've got dosages for the pet products from the vet. So it's the mushrooms, the humic and fulvic, the algae omega, the hemp oil as well. I love it. Well, the pet market, I feel like is so huge. Like if you could really tap into that, yeah. that might be bigger than the humans. Yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> People love buying for their pets, you know, and it's like a good mindset change where I hope that, and I think that we will get there where, you know, like we know this, a lot of people take care of their pets better than themselves. And like, that's great that they're taking care of them so well, but all right, bring some focus to yourself too. And so our part of it is to help that process too of, Hey, yeah, you can get this for your pet and you should, but you should also consider looking at this for yourself because it can help you. Interesting. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you would like to talk about? Or do you have a question for my dad? Yeah. What's been the best part of you being able to join Rena, your daughter, and, you know, contribute to this podcast? Oh, that's sweet. And and not not even necessarily this one, but just as a whole in general. I like it. That's sweet. Thank you. I love that. You've heard from my mom. Now let's switch it over to grandpa. Okay. How are we doing? I've been taking some supplements. Well, you know, what's funny is that we've talked about natural health. And isn't that really the topic of Lance's subject? It's natural health. But what's fascinating is that we also need natural communication as well. It's not just where your health is good by what you eat and what supplements you might take for vitamins but you also need healthy conversations. You need healthy, positive reinforcement. You need healthy, spirited love. You need everything to do with health has to be natural. And if you put in toxins in your body, if you have depressing thoughts, you're not going to be healthy. So it's not just physical health, 
but you have to have mental health as well. And he's trying very hard from the experience that he had with his father, a loving relationship, and seeing him actually have issues with some of the drugs that he was taking, and it made him want to be a health expert. But he also talked with you about being healthy is also where you have to have healthy conversations because that can affect your health just as much as the food or lack of food or exercise or lack of exercise. It's not just the physical body that has to be preserved, but your mental wellness is just as important, if not more important. Definitely something that we all need to think about. Oh, definitely. I think that he is working very hard to develop natural remedies and things that you can do. And he's not alone. Uh, We've heard some of these supplements as well. As you know, I take vitamin B12 every day, vitamin D, vitamin C, and I try to exercise, whether it's walking, the push-ups, of course, I overdid it, so I have to kind of hold until I recover. But just like anything else, if you overdo anything, you can actually hurt yourself. But what I found to be uh, fascinating is that some of these health experts that want to feed you just pain medicine or to give you depressionary medicine, sometimes the side effects and taking these medicines can be worse than what they're trying to cure. The same thing happened with COVID is that when you box people in and you stop them from having freedom of expression, that might even be worse that mental turned into a mental calamity where that's far worse than maybe what the virus could even offer. It's a terrible thing because if we don't have freedom of movement and freedom of speech and freedom of letting our minds be nourished as well, what are you accomplishing? Makes absolutely no sense. So he's really an advocate for both freedom of expression, freedom of choice too, but also freedom to take care of your body naturally. And I really enjoyed the episode and his enthusiasm and how well he's taken and is on a mission from the loss of his father through a depressionary reaction, probably to the drugs that he took. Thanks for listening. Now I think I'm going to go call my dad. (laughs) I'll say goodbye and see you the next time. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy show. Join us weekly for new episodes and more daddy wisdom. Better Call Daddy is good advice always. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. You can also find special episodes on my YouTube channel. And you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Alexa, or your preferred podcatcher. That's a wrap for now.